Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Trinity Continuum rules by Onyx Path Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes and various hijinks. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And now, on with the show. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm normally your keeper or your handler, Michael Diamond, but uh, for tonight's episode, I'm going to hand the ball to James, and she is all yours. Hey, everybody. It's James, and tonight we're going back into episode two of our Trinity Anne story aboard the facility, the Ouroboros Station. We are gathering here to see where this pans out, and let's see who has gathered around me. To my right. Hi, this is Miranda, and I play captain of our ship, Captain Eva Howard. Oh, Captain. (laughs) I think so far that you are panning out to be a fantastic captain. That's a lot of confidence. (laughs) I'm just saying. uh, Well, in the past, compared to some of the other captains on the podcast, I mean, next to you. This is Dr. Karina Oakenwick, cousin to the captain, not sister, not brother. We are cousins. And that's the only reason I'm on this ship. That was some serious accent on doctor there. They used that word like a weapon. <laughs> doctor. That's a loose, loosely doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's doctor in quotation marks. Yes. Okay. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> the air quotes. Next to the doctor. This is Jake. I'm playing Navigator Atticus White, and uh, we have met Donna Reed in space. I mean, if you were going to meet someone in space and you had to choose, do you think Donna Reed would actually show up on the list? It'd be pretty far down, I think. Somewhere in the hundreds. Anyway, lastly at the table, but not leastly at the table. Uh, Yeah. Hi, this is Mike. I'll be playing Lucian Hendricks, your relations officer and player who just figured out what their name was having lost it for two weeks. Hey, I have lost my own name for a couple of weeks. Don't something we all go through once or twice, right? Right. Anyway, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A quick reminder as to where we all stopped. You guys are on a a facility called Ouroboros Station. Ouroboros Station is on a large asteroid out in the fringe. That fringe is what Old Earth used to refer to as the asteroid belt. Our intrepid explorers, seekers of knowledge on Ouroboros Station, had just exited the elevator to the command center. They had been greeted by, as Atticus had so eloquently said in the intro, a woman in a Donna Reed dress. To say that you are stunned by being greeted by a woman attractive, say 30-ish years old, human, her hair in a design that you may have seen in old pictures from advertising pictures from old earth, but hasn't been around for a couple hundred years now. And her smile has not left her face, that, that almost mask of a smile that she's, you wouldn't even say wearing more wielding at this point. Well, come on then. 
I smile. I look at Atticus. Did you dream this up or? Uh, no, I would not dream this up in a million years. A million? That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. Doctor, is this one of those uh, symptoms of the space crazies? Uh, worried. Um, we've been out here a while. Uh, are we all seeing this? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All of you. See- <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, I see. <clears throat> I don't think we'd all hallucinate the same thing. Yeah, is she space crazy, though? Oh, oh, well, I don't know. Is she real? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go over and touch her. So you just, like, walk up and poke her? I poke her. Yep. You step out of the elevator, and the three of you watch with a mixture of amusement and maybe a little bit of horror as the doctor steps out of the elevator across the walkway, the 10 feet that separate you, and pokes her square in the right shoulder. Her brow does not even furrow. She just looks down. The smile does not move. And, I mean, the smile moves with the face, obviously, but uh, her she looks down at the area where she poked and she straightens out her dress and she looks up at you, doctor. Absolute look of congeniality. Was there something I could help you with, dear? I, I was just checking to see if you were real. Well, uh, and not like a hologram. No, I'm not one of those fancy light shows. I'm as real as the day is long. And she turns, assuming that you have exited, it seems, the elevator to follow her. She turns and begins walking off this way. And she begins walking around the ring of the facility towards the back end that you have not seen. Towards the living quarters and the aquaponic gardens. I say we go the other way. Yeah, I don't know if I want to follow her. No, she can keep her crazy over that way. She leans back around the curve so that she can see her head and her hand can see you. And she waves, wiggles her fingers at the four of you. Well, come on. Well, uh, sorry, ma'am. We're on. uh, We're doing it. We got a job to do here. Uh, We're on our way to the med bay. So we don't have time to sit and chit chat. She says, well, I understand entirely. When you guys need refreshments later, you stop on by, huh? Oh, yes, ma'am. We will gladly take you up on your hospitality here in a short while. Not really going to do that, are we? I mean, I'm real thirsty. No. What those not things in your eyes? What if there's alcohol? Don't drink anything that's not bottled here. Roger that. You are heading towards the medical bay. So you head around the other direction, around the the ring that is Ouroboros Station, and you begin to think that perhaps this is why it got its name. It's built in a large ring. Man, this thing goes on forever. It really does. And so you eventually coming back around the ring, you pass the docking bay and a sign that says engineering, and you get to the medical bay. It's pretty obvious. There's a big red cross on the front, not like sloppily painted on, looks stenciled like it's supposed to be there. Awesome. I'm going to go check on the logs. Okay. You enter the medical bay. The door whisks open. She walks on in. Do the three of you follow or next to the medical bay is the canteen. And you can see that just further down are the aquaponic gardens. I think we should stick together. Yeah, I tend to agree at this point until we figure out what's going on here. And, and there can't be anything in the canteen that we want. Unless it's in bottles. 
All right. You head into the medical bay. The lights flicker on when Doc enters. Just a moment later, the rest of you walk in. This medical bay looks to be about a 10-person facility, meaning it has 10 bays to treat people. Doc, you know this right away. The rest of you, it is very fancy. This is very upscale when it comes to medical equipment. Much more fancy than the rudimentary one you have on your ship. Doc, you know that this is equipped to autopsy. This is equipped to this is equipped with a basic genetic alteration for illnesses. This is pretty decked out. This is very nice. It's very nice. There a pharmacy in here? Oh, there's a pharmacy. There is a pharmacy cabinet. It's not really a room. There are several hundred different chemicals in storage in the cabinet. And then you see a small, it looks a lot like the coffee maker you guys have in the break room, but infinitely more complex with a QWERTY keyboard and a separate scanning unit attached to it in the middle. Do you know some, how much some of these meds could go for? How much you figure? I mean, we can make some, we can just make some real money off of this. How big are your pockets? While you gentlemen are, I assume, perusing the, perusing the chemical shelves. Yes, we'll call it gentle shopping. Absolutely. Doc, you recognize that the device in the middle is a chemomat, which is essentially a molecular 3D printer for chemistry. Not at all cheap. Awesome. Can I check to see what the last thing they made was? Oh, you absolutely can. Mm -hmm. You bring up the records, tap, tap, tap. You've used one of these before. In fact, it was at one of the hospitals you worked at, one of the more expensive upscale hospitals you worked at back when your medical career had not gone a little sideways. You bring up the memory last printed or last created chem. Looks like a sedative of some sort, a massive sedative, like... This would be deadly to most humans. Wow. The last thing they 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 made was just some heavy-duty sedative. Like, it would take down a really old earth ele- elephant. I don't know, do elephants still exist? Oh, sure. Uh, elephants actually are, are, are alive and well. They have been cloned, and uh, along with most other extinct animals. So, they do exist. There are not free-roaming ones. They are all owned by specific corporations, but they do exist. So that elephant owned by Costco, it would take down that. And they, they actually have uh, brand names on their sides, genetically encoded in there. Yeah, like the politicians. So while you guys are perusing the medical bay... Can I download this? The program for it? Absolutely. Yeah, you can download all the information from its banks into your medical... Uh, information device, your scanning device. Fantastic. This will come in use later. Captain, what are you up to? Can we access any larger systems from here? Um, such as, I don't know, the captain's log or anything like that. Give me an cunning technology role, please. Okay. That is one success. You have the system here is set up in a much more advanced and much more non-user-friendly way than the system mm-hmm. set up on the ship and your opnet systems. Plus, there's three people about 10 feet to your left that are currently Black Friday shopping. Very distracting, yes. Ken Mart, so it is a little distracting. So it mm-hmm. takes you a few minutes and some grumbling. 
and you eventually do find some information in the medical computer. You can't access like captain's logs, but you can access the medical files for the captain, the medical files for a lot of the facility workers, the engineers, things like that. Okay. I could make do a quick peruse of them, but uh, gang, we're, we're going to have to go to engineering if we want to maybe have access to the broader systems here. Uh, does it say anything? Do I see any just like as at a quick glance about them getting sick, coming down with the space crazy or, or any of the, I don't know, testing that was being done on them? You start with personnel files and then you scroll over and double tap to the complaints and records department. Mm-hmm. Even with the sophistication of this computer, it takes about 15 seconds for it to load complaints. There are four or 500 of them. Some of them are just incomprehensible letters and numbers, garbled nonsense. Some of them are pleading for help. Some of them are ranting uh, like they were written from stream of thought by somebody who was high on some of the stuff that might have been printed here. You'd say about 60% of them are either not legible or are not rational. No. Huh. Strange. Well, we must, I guess, press on to other areas. Of the, there's perhaps to be other. We've only ran into that one lady, really. And mm-hmm. um, there's going to be other people around here. Hey, are you guys done shopping? Uh, yeah, I think my pockets are full. Listen, we're, if it's found in international space, then it's yours right. is the rule. <gasps> oh, I just, Captain, we just want to make sure that there's there's no option unexplored. Yes, no, I understand that what you're saying is we need to take the medication with us so that if we run into anyone that's sick, we can treat them immediately. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, pass them on to people who are sick that need them for a nominal fee. For a lot of money. Listen, the ship doesn't fuel itself. <laughs> I stuff more things into my pocket <laughs> no. and then turn around. <laughs> Gotta get paid. So the three of you with bulging pockets and as many small bags as you could find around the area. I'll make note in my official notes of the mission that the medical bay um, seemed to have been ransacked at some point prior to our arrival. I'm going to say, you're not, not uh, technically incorrect. You make note of this uh, as the sound of a plastic pill bottle hitting full plastic pill bottle hits the ground behind you and one of them goes oop and stoops down and swipes it up and you head off to engineering. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a short walk. As you have noted, this facility is not huge. I mean, yeah, it's probably about a good two, three minute walk to get from the med bay past the docking bay and back to engineering. But even with the size of this facility, it feels like it would be really cramped in this part if all of the workers were here at the same time. Hmm. Not minding that, you find the engineering door. And just like medical, the door whisks open. There's a wrench on stenciled on the door. It's convenient. I love it when things are clearly labeled. You open it and as you hoped to see, there this is definitely an engineering area. There are various machines in various states of repair or disassembly. Repair machines and diagnostic all over the place. Cables hanging from the ceiling with various attachments, probably to maintain various pieces of equipment 
That's basically what you can see from just the doorway. Yeah, I want to find a some sort of computer terminal and and see if I can get in to to get more non-medical info. Okay. A moment or two, you look around the room, assuming the design of the medical bay, the terminal is most likely, and you do find one under and behind a pile of various things, books, and you begin to work. Cunning technology rolls, and the rest of you, what are you doing in the engineering here? So this might seem a little bit, we'll just say, of a repeat, but this time, actually, what I'd like to do, James, is I would like to roll... Um, I'd like to roll cunning larceny. Okay. Because I'm certain that engineering might have some things in it which we could benefit from. And there's a lot of shit in engineering, at least it seems. And I need to be able to pick over what's good and what's not. Okay. You give me that roll and we'll see as you begin your search. Uh, Atticus, what are you doing? I actually don't have a lot to do here for myself. He's already going through the uh, inventory. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no reason to re-ransack what has already been ransacked. Maybe I'll just step out in the hall and keep an eye out. Okay. Uh, James, that's three successes. Three successes? Okay. It doesn't take you very long to discover a there's a plasma welder here. Mm-hmm. A tankless plasma welder. It's handheld. And... It looks like there's three containment units for maybe cyberware Hmm. that hasn't been installed yet, which means that these are new pre-market, pre-installation, clean cyberware. Captain, there's some wear over here. Oh. Still still sealed. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Just so you know, James, I got one pass on my... Okay, so one success on yours. Captain seems a little, uh, you know, distracted. And again, it this operating system is bass backwards for you. You do eventually kind of, okay, so wait, if it's set up like the last one, tap, tap, tap. And you find some requisition forms for large end drilling machines. And I mean, large drilling machines. A few there's there was a requisition for four thorium reactors, and that would power this whole facility ten times over. There's a lot of other equipment here that seems more of a biological nature, algae growing vats, uh, and some that you don't recognize at all. Well, I mean, this was some sort of a. Uh research, uh, I don't know, whatever they were working on here. So I guess I can't really, it's, not, it's weird, but who knows what, I don't know what they were working on. So strange, but still we haven't seen anyone. That's not true. That lady in the dress we saw. With that lady, there's that lady. We did see her and she seems batshit crazy. Atticus, while you're on the hallway, to your right, you notice, as you actually had not gone this way yet, that there is a door, large metal sealed, almost like an airlock door, and that's where the black line goes to. Hmm. I think I'll mosey on over there. Okay. Has an entry pad, just like the engineering and medical. 
the essentially just a handful of buttons, not really even a code, more of a, you know, open, close, and intercom. I'm going to press the intercom. Okay. The moment you activate the intercom to initiate communication, you hear the first strings of that song again, like it was coming up from the bottom of a well. Nope. I'll turn that off right away. (laughs) You take your hand off of it. The other three of you, you hear for a moment those opening notes of that song that was playing earlier. Uh oh. Out in the hallway. Did you hear that? The, yeah, I, um, I don't like that. I go out in the hallway. Atticus is standing facing a, a security door, and his hand has just been pulled away from the panel next to the door. Good. Yeah, don't use the intercom. Got it. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, has everyone, I guess, gathered their requisite clues or stolen, sorry, requisitioned any objects that needed requisitioned from here? Yes, Captain. I say pushing a cart out of the engineering room. Ah, fantastic. You know, I'm starting to think that Oh, we could call someone. We can't call anyone on the intercom. I'm really interested in what's in the restricted area um, or possibly talking to that lady and interrogating her regarding the murder of her former crewmates. Could be in living quarters. She's the only other person we've seen. There's a lot of lot of place to cover. Yeah. Why don't we, you know what? Why don't we suss out her crazy then? Okay. So we go in, shields up, ready to, you know, uh, Hose her down if necessary. Yeah, we have a number of tranquilizers on us now, I'm sure. Too. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely that too. Oh, yes, quite a few. In fact, uh, various flavors and potencies. Yeah, I guess we'll go try to find that lady then. Okay. Unless, I don't know if you guys you guys still want to stick together, right? I, I think that's probably best. Okay. So the, the four of you begin around the ring past the metal door that Atticus found so he just essentially waits for you to catch up with him and you continue around the ring in the direction that you assume that she would have been and you reach a room next to the living quarters actually I'm sorry it's in the living quarters but it's the living quarters is multiple rooms and it's the first one inside you can hear just the faintest strains of music not that song, um, an instrumental. And she is sitting in the main room, which is very sparsely furnished. There is a, a lamp of like you've never seen before. It looks like two white glass globes stacked on top of each other sitting on the table. And she has four teacups and a tea pot sitting on the table. She stands up from the seat. Please sit. Join me. She seems extremely happy that you came in to say hi. Does it seem like a legitimate happy or forced happy? It's very hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Earlier, the smile seemed very forced, like she mm-hmm. was wearing it. This one, it seems very ambiguous. So you could guess perhaps that there is some amount of it that seems very genuine. Mm-hmm. James, I'd like to not guess. I'd like to do some very 
simple <laughs> um, scanning. Already? I think just just mind scan. Um, I'm just going to really... Actually, I might even go surface skim rather than that. Because I think scan might be a little too direct. I just... Okay. I don't... It's sort of one of those things where if, if she is someone who is... Um, we'll just say not in the correct or suitable frame of mind for guests. I'd like to not set off a landmine by hard scanning her brain or, you know, attempting any sort of psychic, uh, direct psychic incursions. You'd rather whisper than yell. Oh, yeah. Actually, not even whisper, James. What I'd like to do really is just listen. I want to know if I hear you know, a reasonable toned voice on the inside of her head, or if I hear, you know, the echo back of shrieks from across existence. Okay. So I have two tens, so that's four. Okay. Four is more than enough for your surface skim. Reading a normal person's, well, reading a normal average human's brain is as easy to you as picking up a book, opening it, and reading a random page. It takes a moment or two to flip through the pages to generally find a reference to what you're looking for or a a, a picture or a map somewhere because people think in more than just words. They think in images and pictures and memories and smells. And then there's this lady. It's like you feel like you're trying to read words that are behind static or words that are behind a piece of glass with insects crawling all over it. You can't make them out. They constantly are changing and moving. And the more you attempt to skim, the more it's holding a handful of water. Mm -hmm. It seems to move and squirm away from you. I look over at the captain after just a a moment or so. You probably see uh, Hendrix pause a little bit there before moving. And he just stands for a second. And there's likely a, uh, probably an auditory hum that you're, most of you are probably familiar with when he utilizes his psionic abilities, his body sort of hums. And then he's going to look directly at Atticus and shake his head no. The rest of you see this very brief exchange, no roles necessary. And I think he would probably do any, like from now on, Hendrix is going to be very, he's going to move very cautiously. Defensive. Yes, he's no, in no way a combatant. Okay. Yes, the three of you can read Hendrix pretty well, and you see that he is a lot more guarded after just a moment of, he gets that five-yard stare, ten-yard stare, like he was staring through her, and then his eyes, he blinks involuntarily like a camera flash had gone off in his face, and he seems a lot more guarded instantly. So how, what are the other three of you doing? Um, as you are currently still standing, kind of standing around the table. Uh, not not drinking the tea. That's for one thing. I pick it up to feign like I'm going to drink and then just put it back down. Okay. You pick, you pick the cup up and the cup is empty. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Okay. Um, so where is everyone else on the on the ship? Oh, it's work time. Everyone's downstairs doing their jobs. Oh, that... You know, I'm just up here cleaning things. That explains it. True to her word, she 
presents a feather duster that you had not noticed before and begins dusting the table and the sides of the chairs. You said downstairs? Oh, yes, downstairs. In the support modules? Or downstairs in the science-y restricted area? Or... It would, you would have to go through the Corona Gate, of course, to get there. But downstairs, yes, where all of the important work goes. Oh, could you, you know, we were, we, we came here to talk to some people. Um, and could you take us to them? She pauses mid dust. And for about two, three seconds, she doesn't say anything. And then she stands up straight. Of course, I think that's a fantastic idea. Silly us staying up here when downstairs is so much more fun. And she walks out of the room. Come on. I regret my previous course of action now. Look what you did. Look, she's going to take this to people. Hey, James, I'm going to bring up my alertness ability. All right. Uh, For those listening along at home, can you give me a brief on what that does? Yeah, basically, I'm constantly looking slightly into the future so anytime something's going to happen that might become dangerous for me personally Mm -hmm. it'll give me like a a little bit of a warning okay and that includes social interactions or walking into a place that's dangerous or any of that kind of thing okay you definitely get that sinking feeling in your stomach that most people get when they just think something is probably going to go not how they plan or they're going to encounter something that shakes them. But you have come to know that ability is more than that. Right. Yeah. Does it give you images and... It's more of a nagging warning. Like if I was going to walk into a room that uh, somebody was going to shoot me as soon as I walked in here, it would immediately be like, nope, maybe that's a bad idea. So I got two successes to the degree that you feel you feel that there is definitely a sense of dread anticipation confusion you've felt worse dread that's for sure but there is definitely a sense of foreboding in the pit of your stomach yeah something's bad's gonna happen man yeah i mean the captain's leading her right right toward us so super helpful look if we don't go towards the danger and we cannot fulfill our mission. Yeah, well, you know what? If This is the best lead we got right now. It's the only lead because the other lead had a thing in its eye or whatever. She leads you back around the ring to the restricted area door that you were at previously. She presses the open button. You can hear a mechanism inside of it shift and unlock. And then it opens revealing a slightly smaller corridor that ends in what looks like a large elevator door. All right. So that's the... The design of this is a lot less user-friendly like the rest of the facility. Hmm. Slowly, she leads the four of you. Or not slowly, but I imagine you guys are probably not as walking as quickly as she is. She strides to the end of the short corridor. The doors open at her arrival. She doesn't have to hit any buttons or scan anything and she steps into a large circular elevator with reinforced glass sides i don't know i have a bad feeling about this you're like you're like the king of bad feelings no shit that's what i do i don't need your fucking special power sense to know this is bad i have a bad feeling about this too well you know what it is my idea the first 
the first time this lady twitches Ron. Yeah. Right in the neck. Stand behind her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see Andrix shift a little bit so that way he can be prepared in case, you know, this Donna Reed character decides to go all mental and, and chaotic on us. She is standing in the center of the elevator. You get on the doors close behind you and the whole room begins to sink down into the floor. We all sh- we all start shuffling around to the back of her. <laughs> As you shuffle around to the back of her, she brushes a bit of dust or lint off of one of her shoulders off of the dress and um, the rest of you make me a you know, I won't even make you roll because you're all stuck in the elevator with her. Her dress ruffles itself around the hem around her calves like it was resetting itself or making itself more comfortable. That's a hard pass. So after you would say probably about 10 minutes worth of elevator ride, because it's not a fast elevator, this seems to be more of a slow freight. You pass through a layer of outside the windows, outside the glass is just a cylinder of rock around you. Just carved rock. It looks like it was laser carved, so the sides are quite smooth. And it goes deeper and deeper into this asteroid. And then you are almost blinded as the rock doesn't really disappear, but you you seem to drop down out of it. And you are greeted by light, extremely bright, planet-like, sun-like light. It goes from being in a dark tunnel, like a railroad tunnel, to being outside in the daylight. Your eyes, you feel them flex a little and the cavern that you would the only way you could describe it is a monumental cavern kilometers long and kilometers wide Mm -hmm. it stretches off there are support pillars it looks like carved every so often in the center but stretching out below you is a it looks like a town or a reproduction of a small city it looks like it's hustling and bustling, teeming with uh, probably several hundred people currently. There are many buildings, small, square, some large and oddly shaped, and they seem to be arrayed in a ring, much like the facility above, but a much larger ring around a large sphere in the middle of the cavern. You would say that the sphere is probably a kilometer and a half away from where you're coming down in the elevator. That's a long way. What do you think that is? Another few moments, and eventually your elevator touches down on bedrock. The hell are they doing down here? I don't know. They were drilling for something, though. Door whisks open, and she steps out. She gestures as if for you to leave the elevator. No, no, by all means. You first. You know the place better than we do. She smiles and starts to walk off, uh, walks a little ways and looks back at you as if for you to follow. Yeah, as soon as she heads out, I head out. Ahead of you, as you step off of this elevator, is what looks like a small building built into a rock wall that you have to pass through to get into the main body of this gathering of buildings and people. Mm -hmm. There's a 
small shack built with it with a guy standing inside of it. She stops and looks at you. Well, this is where I depart. The smile now seems very forced. Hmm. You don't uh, you don't come down here with the rest of them? You hang upstairs? Oh, I've been here before. I, I don't need to go through this again. She turns and begins walking towards the elevator, heels clicking on the stone. I look at Atticus and say, and mouth the words, go through this? <laughs> no. So... What are the four of you doing as you stand at the very edge of this large stone cavern? I kind of, as she's leaving, the elevator will take us back up right and ready to go, right? She smiles and waves her fingers at you as the doors close. Mm. And the elevator goes up. That's going to be a negative. Waves her fingers like this shape or like this shape? Um, kind of uh, wiggles her fingers like, bye. She gives us a toodaloo. That's the weirdest fucking thing she's done all day. That does not, like, I, I don't have confidence that we're going to be going back up. Hey, you know, I think uh, we found out enough about this place. Please tell it, uh, yeah, something they were experimenting on got loose, killed everybody. Let's go. Well, I don't know. Would you say that we've adequately assessed what has happened here and gathered info on the hundreds of workers? Yes. I'm voting yes. I mean, I don't think we've done enough for them to pay us, though. It's the worst part. Medication. Um, we got shit to sell. We 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 don't need that money. I know, but I'm on the I'm on the straight and narrow. I'm, I mean, we could strip just a whole bunch of machinery out of here and sell it on the black market, and we could make up for what. We- yeah, but I don't think the company's gonna like. So you're so worried about what the company likes. The company doesn't like anything we do. <clears throat> That's also uh- true. And black market, they're not going to know. Uh, I mean, they will know. They'll know. They'll know. And then it'll be uh, it'll be my ass. The gentleman in the small shack on the edge of this gate, he waves to the four of you. Are you folks going inside? I don't know. Uh, what's uh, who are you? What's your name, sir? He seems a little confused by the question. Kind of shakes his head for a moment. <laughs> well, it's opening day. That's what it is. And it's definitely time that you guys enjoy yourself. Uh, opening day for what? Uh, I didn't have an invitation. I, didn't, I don't know if I misplaced something or... He hands you a piece of paper, torn, old, doesn't have anything, almost like a scrap of cardboard. He hands one to each of you. Why, the fair, of course. The, the fair? What's a fair? He hits a button and the gate opens in front of you. What's beyond the gate, James? You look in and crane your heads around. It is a large collection of very brightly and gaudily colored buildings with people in... The clothing looks like it was originally maybe facility suits that have been hastily tailored to a style that you do not recognize. And... It looks like about 60% of the workers are promenading around arm in arm, looking at various piles of machinery that are doing various deeds. They're, they're not looking at displays. They're looking at just like fundamental pieces of the facility. It looks like maybe there was mining going on here at one point a while ago, as some of this equipment is mining equipment. But you can tell from their faces that not a single person here wants to be doing what they're doing. 
while they may have smiles on their faces, there is a pleading in their eyes that is unmistakable. You don't need to be a telepath to see it. Did that guy give you his name? Captain. I don't think that he did. Hey, you. Sir. <laughs> hey, um, who, who made you build all this? Was I just gesture to the the buildings beyond the gate? His head twitches once to the side in a way that it makes your neck hurt to look at it. And he straightens up. Well, this that would have that would have been brought to you by the council, of course, and the the man in control of the council. And what's their name? His eyes roll up and he collapses to the floor. His bones have vanished. He he just slumps to the floor. I take a step back. I did not do that. I did not do that as I step back. You, as he almost deflates to the ground, you see leaving him what you originally thought to be a puddle. Looks like it's moving independently now. Don't get it on you. And there, you realize it is actually made of very small silvery strings and particles that seem to be moving out and around. Gross. Nope, I'm going back to the elevator. You head back to the elevator? Yeah, mm-mm, I'm done. Ad- Atticus nopes backwards. The goo on the ground stops moving after just, you would say, about six, seven inches and shifts color from silvery to an ochre color, like a burnt ochre color. Hmm. Well, hmm, I'm not sure if this will work very well, but can I possibly use my spatial sense to sense the area around us to see if there's anything in it only works for a short range but um essentially i gain absolute spatial awareness of everything within short range so i kind of want to see if there's anything that we can't necessarily see with within the visible field that is acting uh upon us or if there are other sentient goos around that maybe we just don't see in the light yet. I see. Okay. So you extend your spatial perception being something as what, what Upeum described as a teleportation prodigy, you find to be as easy as holding your breath. You extend your spatial perceptions out and the ground below you is honeycombed with small tubes and you see little bits of this something moving through it at high rates of speed. It travels like a liquid and it seems to be almost like veins or arteries. Every time someone here, every time their foot comes in contact with the ground, you see a pulse of that liquid in one of those tubes where their foot touches. Nope. Mm-mm. In the spatial perception ability, you also see that it those that same that same spatial uh, the fluid seems to travel through them as well. Nope, we gotta gotta get off the ground. Um, we can't. There's tubes. There's goo in the tubes in the ground. It's going in the feet. We can't be standing here, guys. We gotta we gotta get a going. Go where? I don't know. Back to the fucking elevator for all I care at this point. Meanwhile, I'm pressing the uh, button on the elevator frantically. This is a turn and burn situation here. The door to the elevator is not opening and you do not see the, the elevator tube coming back down. 
that bitch and stop saying tubes. Okay. It's not traveling back down the shaft at all. You're right. That's better. So the other two of you, the who are still looking through the gate momentarily, you see amongst these buildings and off in the distance is the sphere that you saw is hundreds of feet tall, probably is metallic with covered with flaking white paint. And there are various poles with flags that you do not recognize the flags at all around this sphere. There's that faint music again, drifting through the air. Mm-mm. The elevator is not coming back. It seems. Is there any biohazard suits nearby, James? You are looking around the immediate area here next to the elevator. There are some lockers around the side of the elevator. After a few minutes of looking, you find one bio suit. Mm, I put it on. Fantastic. I give her a look. A little self-preservation here, Doctor. Listen, if somebody's going to make it off this bitch, it's going to be me. I doubt that. I'll put a hole in that before. <laughs> so what are you guys doing? So uh, just scanning around, if if the elevator's not going to start, <laughs> if, if we're not going to get back up through the elevator, we have a couple of options, as I see it. We can try to figure out how to close that gate and shut ourselves off to the rest of it, or we can try to figure out a way to open the elevator doors and seal ourselves, at least in the elevator shaft, so that way we're not on that weird floor. But I mean, there is another option. Which is? Go through and try to figure out how to stop this. Because I don't know if any of the other options are going to be anything more than a temporary reprieve. You might be right. Okay, so why don't we prepare ourselves for the worst then? There's probably going to be a ton of miners down here, right? People that were on the station that have been asked to do something they don't want to do. And for whatever reason, when they finally get hold of themselves, they turn themselves into a goo? I don't know what could cause that. I really think it has to do with whatever those parasites or whatever was in that other guy. I think you're right. We have to figure out where they're coming from. Okay. Hey, uh, James, can I use the site to see if I can track uh, quantum or psychic energy to a source? Ah, okay. Yes, you can. Um, your site, what kind of role does that not connotate? That's an attunement role. Okay. All right. By all means. That'll be two successes. Two successes. All right. That's clear sensitive, right? You first look for psionic abilities because you start with the home, you know, you start with home territory and you work out from there. You don't feel anything other than the other three behind you for Psy. And I mean that. You don't feel any other Psy presences than those three. Then, just on a lark, you open yourself up to the quantum field to see, to try to sense quantum energy. And your eyes filled with sparkling motes and twisting lines and a kaleidoscope of colors that you couldn't possibly describe. Like static. Your brain does not entirely know how to comprehend what it's seeing right now. You, it takes a moment of adjustment and you realize that you've only heard of this a couple of times. This is what is called a corrupted zone. That there is a massive amount of quantum energy here that is making sensing things very difficult and it's going to cause some serious problems for 
possibly one or two other of your abilities. Not so much making them work, but making them work how you believe they should work. It also usually means, with this much quantum energy, that there is an aberrant somewhere nearby. Oh, shit. Uh, this is a huge corruption zone. A what? A corruption zone. It's uh, saturated with quantum energy. And I can't tell with all the corruption here, but there's probably an aberrant here, too. Great. Which would explain uh, what's happening. Yeah, it would. All right. Well, if we're going to deal with it, we're going to have to deal with an, an aberrant. Yeah. Okay. All right. So where you guys um, headed through the gate, which now is wide open, apparently your quote unquote tickets were not particularly important. Hmm. Looks like the only way out's through. I agree. Okay. All right. And you head into this, what he called it, a fair odd and you head in among these buildings. All right. And I think that is a fantastic place to actually, as we have done before, let's do again. Let's go to a fair. Thank all of you for joining me. I really enjoyed tonight, and I'm excited for the conclusion of our Trinity Aeon series. And thank you for joining me. Good night. <laughs>